Welcome to the Migrants Perspective, the conversational summer podcast where I interview everyday people willing to share their life experiences and the lessons therein. Now, before COVID-19 hit us all really hard, I had a different plan for the second series of this podcast. But as things unfolded and priorities shifted, plans fell through and some of my booked guests had to cancel, understandably. Even I myself had to put this project on the back burner for such a long time because I suddenly found myself working from home and taking full responsibility for the education of my children, which I suppose just makes this particular episode especially poignant. In February, I interviewed two Muslim educators, a classroom teacher and a home educator who are both doing incredible work in their respective fields. Now, the idea was to illuminate their work and give them a platform. And most importantly, for me to learn from their experiences and their story. I chose this as my first episode in the series because I have a special fondness for uh, special fondness and respect for teachers. Mostly because my mom was a teacher, actually is a teacher, still is, been, been teaching for about 30 years now. And also because I had my first degree in English education. I've also been lucky enough in life to have exceptional teachers who gave me confidence and really inspired me. And at the same time, I have had crappy teachers who were probably best suited to herding cows <laughs> rather than teaching children. Um, in fact, I think the cows deserve better than some of the teachers I've had. Anyway, when we recorded this episode, none of us had any idea what was waiting for us by way of COVID-19. But I think that's what makes this episode even more special. Um, if you're a parent or you're an educator who is worried about the future of the education of your children or the children under your care, I know this episode won't give you all the answers that you seek, but I know for a fact that, you know, coupled with the experience of the past four months of being in isolation and in lockdown, the experiences and advice shared on this episode by these incredible women um, will hopefully go some way in providing you with the clarity that you need to make the right decision. And if none of this applies to you, you're not a teacher, you're not a parent, you're not an educator, nothing. I still think you'll enjoy listening to this episode. Now we had a long conversation and my episodes typically don't exceed 20 minutes, but I didn't want to cut out too much. So what I've done is I've broken it down into three separate episodes, which will be released um, over the weekend. Without further ado, welcome to a special episode of The Migrant Perspective. On this episode, I have two Muslima educators with me, Nurat and Sarah. Now, Nurat is an enthusiastic primary school teacher with over six years experience teaching the British curriculum, in addition to working in an inclusive classroom. She believes in the importance of having happy teachers and how this improves learner outcomes, which is why she founded the community page called Muslima Teachers Nigeria on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. She has a bachelor's degree in English from the University of Lagos, Nigeria, and is certified in classroom differentiation, effective classroom management, detecting child neglect, and child protection. <laughs> Mashallah. <laughs> Nurat is a self-confessed tea lover. She's also a wife and a mom, and I'm very glad that she's here with me today. Um, I've also got Sarah, Sarah is a 37-year-old YouTuber and a published author of the Islamic children's book titled, I'm So Angry. 
which is available on Amazon. And she's an amazing sports enthusiast and also the social media manager for Crawley Game Changers, which is a football academy for children working hard to develop the footballing brain. Most importantly, Sarah is a home educator with over seven years experience of homeschooling her three children, whilst also sharing her journey online. And also she's an influential part of the growing and ever evolving UK homeschooling community. So welcome to the Muslima Perspective, ladies. Jazakallah um, khair for such a lovely introduction as well, mashallah. Mashallah. Um, I hope I've done justice to my Thanks introduction. For having us, Sarah. I'm so glad to have you here, ladies. Jazakallah khair for honoring my invitation. I want us to start with, you know, what if you're a fan of like um, um, superhero stories, right? Because I see you guys are superheroes, mashallah. Uh, we're going <laughs> to start about that. <laughs> yeah, so we can, let's start with your, like what they call the origin story. Where did it all begin? And I know I briefly touched on how long you've both been in education, but I think obviously it's best if we hear it from, you know, the horse's mouth. And I'm going to start with you, Nourat. Um how long have you been in um, education and teaching and why did you take it up? Do you have any like turning point story? Was there anything that happened that made you decide this is what I want to do? Um, all right. Thank you, Sarah. Um, I have been a teacher for about 10 years, oh. to be honest. No turning point story. Yeah. I mean, right since I finished university. So no turning point story per se, even though um, I never dreamt to be a teacher, I believed I had the talent to teach. And now, you know, thinking back, I remember when I was really young, I would go to our veranda at home and just, you know, talk to myself and assume I was talking to children. So I've always kind of had it in me. Um, I simply went for it. And of course, I got trained and I learned on the job. So... I have never had that dream to be a teacher. Like, oh God, I want to be a teacher. But then it happened. <laughs> right. Okay. So you happened on the profession. Yes. Okay. Mashallah. What about you, Sarah? Um, I'm curious as to how you came to the decision to homeschool your children. Was this something that, you know, sort of predates, you know, being married or having children? How did it all start for you? Well, for me, I am... Um... I think it really changed when I actually had my children. So when I had my first, just the sheer pressure of the responsibility when you give birth and you have your, your own child, um, mm. the responsibility that Allah has entrusted you with uh, was huge. And so I felt like I had to look at all my options in terms of mainstream education, but also, um, just trying to do what's right for my for my for my child at the time I only had had my eldest and um so before I even started home educating it was a case of um trying to teach them um trying to instill um tarbiya which is pretty much home schooling really and so I started looking into and researching home homeschooling you've got to remember this is now you know, nine, ten years ago, and homeschooling looked very different back then. Yeah, um, you didn't have 
um, the wealth of information and the connection that you have today. And so it really was embarking on something that was seen and perceived, perceived to be quite backwards. Right. Um, and so I started researching um, way before I, I embarked on the journey formally uh, mm. and um, I always doubted my own abilities to homeschool. That was my biggest issue. It was like, really, can I, can I do this? I'm so conditioned, having been through the education system, coming from a family that was very pro-academia um, and education. Yeah. I, I doubted my abilities to do it. It was like changing your conditioning. Uh, but uh, that's really how I just fell into homeschooling. My, my eldest... Um, struggled with separation anxiety just slightly when he was about three right. three or four and so I, I thought okay look in terms of homeschooling just give it a go and if mm. it doesn't work then at least I've tried it I never sort of went into it thinking I'm going to do this long term I went into it thinking okay we're just going to try it out and then see see how it how it goes and worst case scenario I can always just put him into school um, but mm. once I'd taken him out and started formally homeschooling about eight years ago now mashallah it, um, once I began to see the blessings and the barakah in it and the reward uh, you know I never looked back really wow mashallah that's it's really interesting because uh, I, I always felt you know you went into it or you know completely planned and but I understand you know what you said about having your child and then you know doing all the tarbiyah that we are required to do as Muslim parents it, it kind of spurs you on and you know when your child does have that separation anxiety and you do have that option we don't we're, we are conditioned to think you know formal education going to school that is the only way and then when you look at teachers like I have this sort of sort of pedestal that I put teachers on and I feel like I could never Absolutely. do what they do you know what I mean Absolutely. like I can't do it oh no it's it's so difficult such a hard job yeah. um but uh, but I can imagine it's immensely rewarding but it's definitely you, have, you know when you have your child and mm. you think oh my gosh now now I understand why the role of the mother is so huge the ajr of the mother is so huge mm. and that 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 you know that burden it's it's huge why has Allah given that that reward to a mother clearly because there's a lot of work in there and having my children at home inshallah just means that I have more time with them you can still do it if your children are at school that's not what I'm saying at all but um mm -hmm. for me I just felt like this is a full-time job really trying to just keep them safe trying to um, instill in them the manners and the qualities that that I wanted I just felt like I needed it just made life easier for me to have them at home lovely and that's just giving me like the perfect segue into my next question as well when you say you know you see this as a full-time job and I I did um I've, I haven't asked anyone who homeschools their children but I thought you know how do you see it what is it to you is do you see it as a career is it you know something temporary that you're doing now for your children you know until they become like full-blown adults and they don't really need that sort of instruction from you if, if it's not if it's not any of these what exactly is it to you to be a homeschooling mom or is it just that's just your lifestyle that's just your job as a mom um i think homeschooling is definitely a lifestyle 
that's how mm-hmm. I would see it. Um, uh, it's not for everyone. If you're thinking about formal homeschooling, uh, it's, it's not for everyone. And you have to find what works for you for sure. Uh, it's, it's, home education is basically the oldest and the most natural approach or method of education really Mm. um, in my opinion anyway and for me I just see it as an extension of parenting and any parent is parenting 24-7 all the time Mm. and homeschooling is really just an extension of that so it's parenting but you're doing a little bit more which is just the formal education part okay Um, and because your children are with you all day uh it it never really starts and it doesn't stop it's 20 it's all the time and because they're with you you're just able to achieve a lot more but it's definitely a lifestyle choice because it um the lines are so blurred really yeah i i i I do intend to get to that um later on as we progress inshallah you know sort of where where do we draw the lines if there are any lines uh, specifically for you sarah um, I'm going to go to Nora now. Um, yes. So I know obviously there are challenges that come with, you know, everything in life and being a teacher, regardless of, you know, your setting, if you're in the classroom or, you know, if you're doing it in your living room. Um, so Nora, what would you say is one of the biggest challenges? And I know we can't cover everything, um, but what would you say, you know, is the biggest sticking point for you of being a classroom teacher? I room. Like that has to be the biggest challenge, having to manage the different humans in my room from year to year. Okay. We all know how different we are as humans. And really what works for child A might not work for child B. Of course. So basically having the wisdom to discern what works for each child. And, you know, thank God for enlightenment. We now know there are children that have, you know, real cognitive issues. They have learning disorders. Hmm. So being able to get them to go through diagnosis Mm -hmm. and to know what the real issues are, definitely has to be the challenge, the biggest challenge, you know, getting to each child, you know, to the root of the matter, getting their behavior in check and, you know, ensuring that they are learning, okay? And Mm. different kids have their different learning styles, you know, it's a whole range of differences. So it's the humans, it's the humans in my room, knowing what works for who. That's interesting. So what about you, Sarah? What would you say is one of the biggest challenges you face um, teaching your children at home? Um, again, everyone's approach is different and everyone's homeschool is very unique. Um, when mine were younger, so probably early years, primary years, it was definitely having to teach the same things over and over. So mm. teaching the basics again and again, teaching how to read, how to write, uh, became yeah. really monotonous and uh you got to a point where you kind of just thought i can't teach another human being how to read (laughs) Um, i I found that really difficult um or not difficult but just a challenge Mm. um but now as they're older and obviously i'm embarking on um secondary level home educating uh it's definitely the material itself the material itself is is quite complex especially with the new spec gcse's and also 
um, sifting through the information, trying to organize and, uh, you know, decide whether we're going to do exams, how we're going to go about them, uh, you know, sifting through all the information. Mm -hmm. They don't really make life easy for homeschoolers to find out boards and, you know, candidate numbers and how to enroll as a private candidate. It's, it's mm -hmm. sort of going through all that information, finding the course outline, uh, making sure you're learning the right thing that, things that you need in order to do the exam. Um, it's all of that, which is, is quite a challenge, challenge yeah. as they get older. Right. And um, would you say then that the government isn't really supportive of home educators then? Because I have heard that from a couple of UK homeschoolers. Because I know in America, I think they get funding or so. I'm not sure. Um, yeah. And yet we, we don't get any support in terms of material. So, you know, papers, pens, inks, whatever, we, we get nothing. You've got um, to do everything on your own, don't you? So you literally do it, do everything yourself. And that is, that is um, you know, that's a luxury, really. Not all families are that mm. lucky to be mm. able to afford to have their children at home. So I meet lots of parents that would love to try homeschooling but they just financially can't because the the way that we live nowadays unfortunately both parents have to be in the workforce right, yeah. and so um they have no choice so a lot of parents i get so many questions from parents who whose children go to school but they just want to know about how to supplement their learning because there's so much pressure on on children at school as well so yeah. how can we aid their learning what can we do and that's what's so great um, for me is that I'm able to help across the board. So not just homeschoolers with my right. experiences, but also because I've always followed the national curriculum, mm. I'm able, my material is, um, can be used by anybody, even if you're, if, in, if your children go to school. So my tips, the, the books that we use, the material, everything, it can very easily be implemented even if your children go to school, inshallah. Oh, wow. Okay. Lovely. Um, so I want to move on to um, misconceptions. Um, again, I wouldn't be able to cover everything, um, but there's, you know, there's this particular one. And I, I have this question for Nora. And this is I'm going to tell you a little story about myself, because I did mention in the beginning, I, I studied um, education as well um, for my first degree. I remember when I was about 16 years old and I was just coming out of secondary school, I was having a conversation with my mom and my sister and I, you know, it was, you know, what am I going to do in uni? What career line do I want to go into? And I said to my mom, I wanted to be a news like broadcaster. Like I wanted to be the lady on telly reading the 10 o'clock news or whatever. Really? <laughs> And my mom said to me, oh, you know, um, you have to think about your family. If you're reading the nine o'clock news or the 10 o'clock news, you're going to be, you know, staying out late. And if you're reading the morning news, you're going to have to leave very early in the morning. You have to think about, you know, how that will affect the family dynamics and your children. And she suggested, you know, going into education. Bear in mind, she was a teacher herself. So it was like, you know, <laughs> let's pass that down. But she, you know, it, it, it was a solid point for me at the time. I thought, okay, you know, it, it makes sense. If I'm going to work whilst my children are going to school, then perhaps I will be able to sort of, you know, have it all, as they say women um, are able to these days, <clears throat> which is to have a flourishing career, you know, and also at the same time have a functional and, you know, positive home life. So I want to ask you, Nurat, obviously you are a teacher. Is this... As far as you're concerned, 
is this the career to go into if you are looking for that perfect or sort of perfect work-life balance or is this just a myth or a misconception what exactly is the is the truth behind um a career in education for a woman um i find this question very very interesting hmm. <laughs> depends on the individual it depends on the school it depends on the family. There is no straight answer. Okay. It depends on, on everything. You might work in a certain school and you feel like you're in heaven. Hmm. So it depends on all these dynamics. In addition to that, 21st century teaching isn't like mom's teaching. A gazillion things have changed oh, and right. all over the world. Teachers are in pain. Teachers are screaming about the overwhelming workload. Like it's a universal problem. Mm. Even in developed countries, mm. teachers are groaning. Much sure. less, you know, third world countries where they're yeah. still, you know, where they're lacking basic amenities. But it's not all doom and gloom. You know, there's still several perks that come with um, being a teacher. Like you get to pay cheaper school fees. In some oh, yeah. <laughs> um, the fact that you go to work, yeah, you do. You get like some discount off tuition. Um, okay. The fact that you go to work with your children and return is a blessing. Imagine if you had to drop off your kids first and then you run to your 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 journalism um, house as you have wanted it. So it's a yeah. blessing. Um, so the close proximity to your kids is a plus. It's fantastic. God forbid there's an emergency. Um, the fact that you're all in the same school is a plus. Um, mm -hmm. Also, working with several children will give you um, an informed decision on how to work with your own kids. Yes, given that no kids are the same, but it does help. But there are also several teachers who have you know, left the profession because of negative reasons as well. So like I said, it depends on the school. It depends on your spouse sometimes. It depends on your environment, okay? Mm -hmm. And now we know um, 21st century teaching isn't like mom's teaching. So many things have changed, so many new innovations. And all over the world, teaching is regarded as one of the most demanding jobs. In fact, I read an article not too long ago that a lot of British teachers suffer with mental health, you know, disorders. So mm -hmm. you hear, you read several articles about teachers crying in the staff room. And it is so real because I, I tell people all the time when I'm training or just discussing about how many times I have cried oh. because of teaching. It's absolutely consuming. And I think the tiring part is regardless of what you have done there's always something undone. There's always mm. something ought to be done. And because you're working with several children in the UK, I have, you know, friends that say they've got 40 kids in one class, one teacher, yeah. Sarah. Like, yeah. How? Yeah. It's, how it's, it's, it's a big problem. It's a big problem. It's, here now. it's definitely changed from when we were children. How in God's exactly exactly like how in god's name are you meant to reach every child without losing your own brain so um things have things have really really changed things mm -hmm. have changed again your spouse if you have you know a supportive 
spouse, it could make your life easier, you know, having someone to do stuff at home. So what I would say in summary is that it depends. It depends on your school as well. There, there are schools that teach, that treat teachers well. There are schools. Okay. Right. Um, I think, yeah, from what you said, it, it does, it puts certain things into perspective, you know, just like everything there's pros and cons, right? And yeah. a lot, unfortunately, the teaching profession, like, you know, Sarah and I will attest to, obviously we're not teachers, but I have children in school. And this is something that, you know, it's, it's a recurring theme that teachers are really under a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, unfortunately, yeah. this is, and this is why, you know, parents such as myself, we want to supplement our children's education because it will be, it's just completely ridiculous of any parent to think that you, your child will get everything that they need from their teacher, bearing in mind there's so many children, exactly. just one teacher. Absolutely. So yeah. you need, exactly. So you need to supplement your exactly. child's education. So at the end of the day, we are all, you know, Absolutely. we're still home educating our children. Let's move on to, um, I want to ask Sarah about homeschooling and, you know, the kind of, what's the best intention for you to have when you want to approach homeschooling? Um, We had a little sort of, I sent you guys, you know, some, some questions, you know, to expect today. And I'm not sure if I put a little passage in there about my decision or when I was contemplating, you know, homeschooling my children and how for me, it was just, you know, I was approaching it from a place of fear and Mm -hmm. I saw the school because I had my children completely dependent on me and their dad and you know just I felt you know they needed me and I saw the school as this sort of big bad scary place that will Mm -hmm. you know (laughs) destroy my lovely children and as every mother feels you have this urge to just you know just you know bubble wrap them and cover and just you know hide them under your abaya or something (laughs) and and so for me at that time the best way for me to do that in my own opinion was to homeschool them because you know but I never went through with it because I eventually learned that you know this this idea that homeschooling is the bubble that will protect your child from the big bad scary world and first of all it's not only is it impractical and counterproductive but as far as (laughs) sorry it's not true it's exactly it's also completely not true so having had as many years as you've had as a home um home educator sarah what in your own opinion should be the best intentions for anyone that wants to approach home homeschooling okay so that is the end of the first segment of this episode please come back tomorrow to listen to the concluding segment Um, where Sarah answers my question about, you know, the right intentions to have when we do decide to go on a homeschooling journey. Also, um, Norat shares some pretty shocking experiences um, of behavior management in a classroom. Um, So, yeah, you don't want to miss it. Um, And until then, my name is Sarah. You have been listening to a special episode of The Migrant's Perspective. And thank you for listening. Bye bye. Thank you.